0: some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys with Mark Willard and Joe Shasky on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. All right, Episode 5, Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys. That is us along with the Butcher Boys, Joe Shasky, Mark Willard. So glad you're with us. Um, Look, it's – Joe, it's been – it – it's been few and far between the times where giants fans have been uncomfortable for even a stretch as long as a week. Uh, But here we are again. And uh, you know, they, they get swept two games in LA by the Dodgers. Uh, It's nothing compared to the way they started against the Dodgers last year. So maybe that sort of gives people uh, some comfort, but Alex Wood said something after the series was over, he goes, well, you can't win 107 games every year, which it's like, One side of me goes, well, of course, and (laughs) and no one's expecting that. And that was obvious even when you were zero and zero, but it was also some sort of, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe an admission that like some sort of magical ride feel from last year, maybe isn't inside this particular team's clubhouse. How did you sort of reason with that statement? Well, I found
1: it to be an interesting statement from him Uh, against the team that you look over and you're like, God, Mookie Betts. Now he's starting to get going. Oh, they're going to get all their guys back. The Turner's look good. And it's just it's frustrating. And you look over at their lineup when you see a bunch of all stars. I can understand from Alex Wood perspective, who used to pitch for the Dodgers looking over at his lineup going, Yeah, our DH slash cleanup hitter is batting 179, you know, heading into today. Uh, It doesn't look good. I don't think they're this bad, though, Mark. Like, that's the thing. I think right now, because of some of the injuries, it looks worse than where it really, truly is. And, you know, they are a plucky group. I don't think they're going to have the miracle they had last year. Think of how many things went right for them. But I still think they could be a playoff team. Like, there's levels to this. And, like, we're acting like they're 14 games under 500. No, that's the Cincinnati reds who
0: have lost a zillion games the giants are
1: 14 and 10 right
0: now yeah no i i i don't i I expect them to be a playoff team honestly I, i i really do i think that here's kind of the cycle you know the giants only lost five of six games one time all last year that's crazy right so these are the moments where what happened last year is going to hurt them a little bit just in terms of perception it gets uncomfortable real fast And and then also we talked about this on the last episode. Like, who looks good? Who's just raking? There's like nobody. And and so (laughs) we can say Jock was hurt and yes, with COVID and Belt with COVID and Longo's still not there, and Wade still hasn't shown up. I mean, they've got plenty of excuses, but Mm -hmm. by the same token, there are a few things when I look up and down the lineup that are starting to make me feel real uncomfortable. Yeah, I get, I understand that Joey Bart is doing little things that we can't see. I understand that the pitching staff is comfortable with him. Um, I understand that he's seeing a lot of pitches and his eye has gotten so much better. I think he's a smart ball player, but he's striking out almost half the time he goes to the plate. Mm -hmm. And you know, for the analytics that say, hey, strikeouts are better than a double play. Yeah, that's true. But, I, I mean, a number of times already this year where all you need is a fly ball or something like that that can change a game, he just can't seem to put the ball in play. He's almost, he's almost seemingly taking too many pitches. He's taking yeah. so many that he's also taking some that are right down the middle of the plate. He's not a rookie anymore. I, I'm starting to get real worried about the offensive side of Joey Bart.
1: I think it's totally fair to to be to be worried about it. I just I went back cuz I was trying to remember, you know, Brandon Belt's rookie year Brandon Crawford's rookie year, you know, Crawford only played like 66 games that year. He batted 204 and it was uglier than that 204 looked. I mean, I went back and I was going through the logs and, and he struggled. I think Brandon Bell was in a different situation. He also wasn't, you know, a highly prized guy. They had already brought Bumgarner up and Madison obviously was making starts and Posey behind the dish and they had won a championship. So there was all this euphoria. And so for both guys making their start, they were, they're kind of eased into their position. There's been a lot that's put on this kid's shoulders right now, Joey Bart. And to your point about putting the ball in play, I know people say it's strikeout is as good as an out. I disagree. I think there's an emotional uh, component to just putting bat on ball. It's a different thing when you line out to third base or fly out to left center and you literally swing through a pitch on the inside. To me, there's an emotional difference. I don't know if he's
0: showing it, but I agree with you. He is not putting the ball in play enough. Well, I know that this staff preaches to these guys. I've had a few of them say it directly yeah. to me. Like when we strike out, they're taught to just be like, so what? So what? I struck out. Um, and, and, and we know that, that in fact, they would rather you almost take that perfect strike. That's painting the black on the outside. They'd rather you not swing at it. Sometimes even if there's two strikes, if there's a runner over there at first mm-hmm. and there's nobody out, they'd rather you strike out. I get that. So there is sort of a psychological side that they're teaching. But I think the emotional side from you is a point well taken, especially when you're talking about a young player like yes. Joey Bart. Joey Bart has never consistently done anything mm-hmm. at the big league level. So if if that's sort of, uh, if this is his first consistent time as a starter and you're like, okay, now you've had the seasoning. This isn't the pandemic here yeah. anymore. Sink or swim. And, and he's still, you know, can't put the ball in play. This guy, I think, he's, what is he? He's 25. Yeah, he's 25. 20, 20, you know, I mean, like, not that that's old, but, I mean, you got players who are dominating this league by age twenty twenty one now. I know. Joey, Joey should be able to do more of yeah. uh, the offensive side. And so when you press that forward into thinking about this weekend and it's Buster Posey Day, it's almost like rubbing your face in it a I little know. bit. You know, replacing Buster Posey, we knew would be a very difficult thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not going to say so far, so good. No. Um, So far, no good.
1: Let me make a comp for you, and and I think the body language right now for him as he walks away during a strikeout, I'm getting a lot of Brandon Belt vibes. Think of who's played first base for the Giants. We've talked about this. McCovey and and Will Clark and JT Stone. These are beloved people. To play first base for the Giants is just different. You're going to be held to a different standard, and the reason why I use Belt as an example for Joey because he's replacing Buster. I mean, you're talking about one of the icon icons. Like We're still looking for a left field replacement. 14 15 years after bonds is left but here's the one thing that i do think is similar in their games he does get walks like i know he's not putting the ball in play he does get walks and there is value for this team when they need base runners the question i have is would they experiment with him in a different spot in the order? Would it just be, hey, he has not earned to where he can get moved up? Like maybe if I was them, try him in the two-hole. Try him in the five-hole one day. I know he hasn't earned it, but maybe a jump-start him by just putting him in a different spot and putting other guys around him. I, at this point, I'm pulling
0: pulling Harris here. I don't know what that necessarily would do, and I know that their philosophy obviously uh, from top to bottom is to put guys – in their best position to yeah. succeed, and maybe that's not that. I just know this. You know, Gabe Kapler said after the Dodgers series, "Joey's pressing," and I do feel mm. sometimes like the word "pressing" is just a catch-all when a guy <laughs> is not hacking. You know, when a guy's just not—he's <laughs> yeah. not holding up his end of the bargain. They're like, "Well, he's pressing." Well, yeah, obviously he's pressing. Yeah, Um, he's pressing because you know he, he, he's not playing well. I think that when you're a major league player. Uh, you're, you're, you're probably always pressing to a certain degree. I would I would buy into the whole idea if he's that he's pressing if at another point in his career we had seen him uh, you know re- really rage. Sure. So I don't know. These are puzzle pieces that I'll agree. It's not fair to start putting these puzzle pieces together yet. but again, I go back to Joey Bart's already in the organization. Yeah Farhan comes in and the first time he's given a first round draft pick, he picks a catcher and you can tell me all you want that you pick the best player available at the, <laughs> that particular time, but I, I, I don't know. I'm starting to wonder well, if if the Giants, you know, they, let's, it's an obligatory move at some point to say you're the starting catcher. Of course. Uh, but maybe Farhan, who does not love guys who, who strike out a ton, Uh, Maybe this is something that he felt from the beginning.
1: Well, and and I would just put one last little point on this one. I I, I still have hope for the kid, but there are so many guys drafted in the first round. Tyler Beattie being one of them who we're going to discuss at some point today where they were high draft picks. And it just doesn't pan out for them. That happens in baseball so often, and then you get the random guys that can come in and contribute. So I, this is why they're called prospects, and why prospects are suspects until proven otherwise. I'm still holding out hope that we can get something going with this guy because I feel like there is a ball player in there. But look at the strikeouts speak for themselves. The guy just yeah. got to put the ball in
0: play. Well, okay. Speaking of uh, speaking of of Buster Posey there's one other thing as we sort of now Mm -hmm. put a wrap on uh on the Dodgers series and with the state of the Giants right now I'm glad that was only two games because I don't think staying there longer was going to necessarily get any better but there was a there was an additional piece to watching the Giants play the Dodgers a I know that it's very very early Mm -hmm. and so we're not going to pick up right where we left off in terms of the intensity that we saw during the playoffs last year but the Giants also waltzed in Giants and Dodgers right atop the National League West and both off to a really good start. And uh, and it just didn't feel the same. And I wonder if it's because the characters in the movie have changed a little bit. Obviously, with the Giants, their lineup decimated COVID injury. There's no Brandon Belt. Um, you know, there's no Evan Longoria. But I, it, it stood out to me two things. A, there was no Buster Posey. There was no, there was no face of the giants to put up against the Dodgers. And then uh, in game one of the series, when we're given a close game and here comes the Dodger closer, it was not Kenley Jansen. No, And so it just, there was something for me, uh, still giants, Dodgers, but these, these two games did not feel the same as giant Dodger games felt last year. And and to the best of my ability, I, I think it's because those two standard bearing players weren't there.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. And then I'm I'm seeing now their guy, Will Smith. I mean he looks like a baller. I mean, straight up. I mean, he he's a great catcher right now. And it's it's kind of sad to see their young guys balling, our guys struggling. The other thing that I've noticed about this just Giants Dodger thing that, that is going back and forth, clearly the characters have changed. There's I mean, the Giants started a guy tonight against St. Louis I'd never even heard of. I, I mean, I never even heard of the guy and he's starting the game tonight because they've been so decimated with COVID. But the other thing that I noticed in just roster construction, we've heard so much about how the Dodgers, their farm built. Well, wait a minute. They're two sick dudes were traded for Trey Turner and Mookie Betts. And those guys have added youthful exuberance on the base path, dynamic base path and five tool type players. I mean, these guys are studs. They traded for both of those guys. Now they've got a lot of homegrown. I'm not denying the other homegrown players, but like they went about it getting those two. I believe are two of their top four guys. Like they traded for those guys. So I'm saying to myself, how antsy are the giants going to get here? Like, are, are we going to get restless and move
0: some of our prospects? I, I think they're going to get antsy, but not yet. Okay. You know what I mean, like we're still in early May. Um, the record is still very much on the positive. And, you know, we talked earlier about excuses and you're, you're looking right now. You got plenty of them with, with the, the, the injuries, the COVID mm-hmm. um, all the things that, that, that have taken place. I think the Giants will play this this season very aggressively. I think that they feel like trade deadline acquisitions. There's two reasons why I think they love trade deadline acquisitions. Number one is, obviously, you have a hard time in San Francisco getting big-time hitters to sign there, to Mm. decide to come to San Francisco. So, trade for them. The other reason I think they like trades is we know this. Fon's is not going to sign a player to a big time contract unless he perfectly checks all the boxes. And I support this by the way, and we'll talk more about it a little bit coming up, but they're not just going to sign a guy because he's a name. He's got to check the boxes. They went after say Suzuki. They didn't get him. They went after Bryce Harper. They didn't get him, but watch the Chris Bryant situation. Why do they love deadline acquisitions? Because it gives them a preview for two and a half months of, do we want to, or do we not want to sign this guy long-term? They decided Chris Bryant will sign him short-term, but we're not signing him long-term. So it's not just, hey, we can acquire someone. We don't have to wait for them to give the go-ahead, but we're also getting a sneak preview. And then we can decide, again, keep our financial flexibility if we don't want the guys. So I do expect a very active trade deadline, but you know, we're not there yet.
1: No, you're right. And one last thing on the characters thing, it's hard for me to hate Mookie Betts. He's just so good, and the way he plays is so fun. It's hard for me. Like, I haven't built up the callus against him. I'm still mad at the Red Sox more than I'm mad at Mookie Betts. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're the Red Sox, and you couldn't afford to keep this guy. Like, the Trey Turner thing. I wanted the Giants to go get Scherzer and Trey Turner. And so they got him. I don't necessarily hate him. I do hate Justin Turner. I hated oh. Joe Kelly and all those guys they had in the bullpen that were just prototypical, you know, Dodger relievers. I couldn't stand.
0: Urius, I don't really hate Urius, but he's starting to get into that zone for me well I just think yeah maybe Mookie and Trey haven't been in the uniform long enough (laughs) yes they haven't had enough moments that really really rub you raw Uh, I think that's part of it but Mookie he's also a smiler man right it's hard you know Mookie looks like Steph Curry yes that's a good call right and so it's a it's a little bit different uh Justin Turner I think's uh You know, like he doesn't play with any sort of, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, scowl on his face.
1: I just Um, hate him.
0: But Justin Turner has a a massive beard and took COVID (laughs) onto the field in a fake world series. That's (laughs) That's enough for me. That's enough for me. I totally forgot about that. I'm with you on that Uh, one. All right.